Hey everyone, this is Dr. Nick Hoffman at the Marist School. Welcome to Tales from the Social Studies Department, the podcast where the students tell you the stories that they wish were on the curriculum. Hey y'all, it's Liz and it's Sienna. Um, This is our podcast, take number two, because we do not know how to work audio files. So this is going to be a podcast. You want to tell them what's about this? It's on presidential, American presidential scandals. And of course, the first one, my personal favorite. And Your favorite sex scandal is you've yes. been. Ra- oh, we will be ranking them because yeah, yeah, what yeah. else do we do? <laughs> okay, so we'll try to go in the middle and tell you our rankings, but at the end you'll have the final rankings. And first up, this is psychotic behavior on our part. <laughs> first up, the first and like to me kind of the most iconic because it was during the first like real u.s elections so i feel like Mm -hmm. that's pretty important yeah so in 17 oh let me tell you what it is thomas jefferson and sally hemmings okay so in 1796 during the nation's first contested presidential election the gazette of the united states published an article basically saying that Thomas Jefferson was carrying on an affair with Sarah, also known as Sally Hemings, one of his slaves. Okay. Okay, so Hemings was also the half-sister of Jefferson's late wife, Martha, because they had, like, the same father. So that's also, like, kind of a... So wait, a slave's father was... Martha Washington's dad, too? Not Martha Washington, Martha Jefferson. Oh, right, 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 right. It's my bad. So, like, they had the same dad, so Sally was, like, mixed. That's, like, basically incest. Yeah, it's it's really weird. But most historians say that as a widower, Jefferson may have had as many as six children with Hemings, maintained a 38 relationship with her until his own death in 1826. So Hemings lived in Paris with Jefferson and his two daughters um, from 1787 to 1789. And while he was at the American Envoy to France, she was basically the maid. Oh. (laughs) She served as a nursemaid, a companion to Jefferson's daughters, um, the lady's maid to the daughters. She was a chambermaid, a seamstress, and many more jobs to the Jefferson family. She's pretty dedicated. Not Jack of all trades. Right. Um, And then the account to their illicit relationship re-entered the public area and arena during Jefferson's first term as president, which as everyone should know, 1801. (laughs) And even till this day, it's still a big like debate and discussion. And it's been like over two centuries. So that's, that just shows, that shows its iconicness. And um, James Callender, who is a political journalist, and he was an ally of Jefferson until he wrote in Richmond, Virginia, in a newspaper that Jefferson, quote, unquote, Jefferson had for many years kept as a concubine one of his own slaves. Her name is Sally. Right. Literally, like, Sally. Jefferson's in the wrong for sure, but like, ugh. Right. And then Callender even continued to add, that Jefferson had child- several children by her, which is like to admit about the like scandal and the affair, and then like Mm-mm. even admit that they had kids. Like that's crazy. And then the Federalists picked up on the story and they basically try to like shove it under the rug because 
they didn't want it to like deny Jefferson a second presidential term and Jefferson never really addressed it or responded to it um the accusation so he has no comments about it like he's basically that his side of the story is kind of left unanswered hmm. but at least Hemings side of the story has kind of come to light her posterity has try to reunite as much as they can okay men be more <laughs> i appreciate it all with thomas jefferson ancestry ancestral blood i don't know ancestral. dna so he has many um posterity who obviously are black some who are white mm-hmm. and they all like go back to jefferson so we know the scandal is true we just there are some parts of the story that we don't yeah. know the full story of but i think it's really iconic an it's iconic still sex scandal. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, I was snapping people because I feel like we look kind of cool in oh the podcasting gosh. setup. But anyway, oh my so next up, so I mean that's number one as of right now. Um, next up that's we have. <laughs> Don't roll your eyes at me. <laughs> anyway, um, next up a more well-known scandal. Mm. It is more well-known. Most okay. people know about Bill Clinton okay. and Monica Lewinsky. Dun, okay. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. okay, that's true. Anyway, so Bill Clinton, first term in 1995, he had an unpaid intern named Monica Lewinsky. Um, and Lewinsky later came out and said that she had sexual relations with Bill Clinton nine times between November 1995 and March 1997. Um, but according to a later published schedule... You know what's even crazier? What? First Lady Hillary Clinton was at the White House at least, because that was over seven days. That is at crazy. some part. Very um, crazy. Like your your husband's literally sleeping with another lady, and you're just like at home. Ugh. I don't know what I do, but anyways, continue. So Linda Tripp, who was Monica's like bestie coworker friend, um, record started to record conversations of Monica admitting to the scandal and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um. In a plan to later use it against her. Ooh. Yeah, kind of get in this whole backstabber thing. But this is also while Apollo Jones, another sexual encounter case was going on in which um, Bill Clinton was fined 25 uh, against the county of Arkansas, the a penalty of 90000 by the federal court for violating orders, and 850000 to Paula Jones. Um and A, it also ruined some more of his reputation. But anyway, during that one, um, what's it called? Monica testified that she did not sleep with Bill Clinton mm. under law, which is illegal. Um, so the scandal broke on ni- January 17th with the recordings on Drudge Report, uh, January 17th, 1998 on Drudge Report, but was picked up January 21st by the Washington Post. Um during the grand jury testimony and whatnot, because obviously you're going to post something like that, it's going to go to t- court. Mm. Um, Clinton was carefully worded his response. Um, it depends on what the meaning of the word is. Um, there is not a sexual relationship or an improper sexual relationship or of any kind. So, um, in January 26th, he spoke at the press conference saying, now I have to go back to my work of, on the State of Union speech. Um, but I want to say one thing to the American people. I'm gonna not going to say this again. I did not have sexual relationships with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. So no one's mm-hmm. – he can't deny it at this point. He, like, said it to millions of people. Like, he's not sleeping with her. 
He's crazy. Literally. But on January 27th, Hillary Clinton was defending him, too, on NBC Today. Literally. The great story here, for anybody willing to find it and write about it and explain it, is the vast right-wing conspiracy that has been conspiring against my husband since the day he... Uh, announced for president. Hillary, uh, she's in denial. Crazy, <laughs> Liz. You're crazy. Uh, she's in denial. But um, so then on July 28th, 1998, um, Lewinsky received transgressional immunity for the grand jury testimony for her testimony, um, and she turned over a semen-stained blue dress. Oh. And the DNA matched Clinton's. We know it was you, Clinton. Literally, you and run. this is after the trip girl. Literally, she was conspiring against her because she told her not to dry clean that dress. Like, she knew. She knew. That's crazy, I gotta admit. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, so, it, during all the trial, he was asked if, have you had sexual relations with Monica Lewinsky as a term defined in Deposition Exhibit 1? Um, he reviewed that uh, it was created by the independent counsel's office. And he said, again, I have not had sexual relations with Monica Lewinsky. Mm. But what the definition, his interpretation was, he quote, I thought the definition included any activity by me where I was the actor and came in contact with those parts of the body uh, to, with an intent to gratify or arouse the sexual desire of any person genitalia anus groin breast inner thigh or buttocks so basically breaking that down because it was a lot of fancy words um (laughs) he it included him he believed and his lawyers believed that it included him giving oral sex but Mm. not receiving and guess what two months after the senate failed to convict him because they couldn't get enough um he was fined for whatever because people knew it happened but it's like because mm-hmm. it's misuse of power and whatnot yeah, um he was fined uh for giving a misleading misleading testimony um so i mean that is illegal but mm-hmm. and his license to practice law was later suspended um and there was multiple attempts to call it a crime of obstruction of justice and perjury which are impeachable offenses um, but he was later acquitted on both accounts. Wow. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. I still got to go with yours is higher, though. Yeah. I, I mean, like, this is messed up. But... No could top Jefferson. <laughs> no, I've definitely got someone, but you go next. Mm, okay. Literally. Okay, we'll see that later. Mm-hmm. But next, of course, is Woodrow Wilson. <laughs> and he had an affair with Mrs. Peck. So basically, family and friends they knew they knew about the president's intimate relationship with another woman. Mm-hmm. But you know, as word goes around, you're the president. People, other people's involvement in your personal life began to grow, to grow. So Wilson was so worried about these quote unquote rumors and like it growing on his personal like the life. growth on yeah, his yeah. personal life. Yeah. Um, Colonel Edward M. House met him at a had a dinner and met with him in the White House in September 22nd, 1915. And in the meeting, Wilson basically confessed his longtime quote unquote friendship with Mary Peck, who was a divorced woman 
that he met in Bermuda eight years earlier. So Wilson told the house that the friendship was platonic, but it turns out he's been indiscreetly in writing her letters, indiscreet in writing her letters, and was rather more quote unquote warmly than was prudent. So he was sexting her back in the day. <laughs> Basically. You are so fine, my dad. <laughs> and then, um, outside of his own personal embarrassment, the release of the letters complicated Wilson's hopes to marry also the younger and richer Edith Bowling Galt. Man. And it also, of course, kind of messed up his bid for re-election. While war in Europe was expanding. So World War One was occurring. He's trying to marry this younger lady named Edith. And then all that is, he's trying to get reelected because war is going on. And he's just still trying to like have an affair with Mary Peck. And it gets worse because eight days before his meeting with the house, it turns out the president sent Peck $7,500, which is about... $183,000 today because she needed money for a California business, business deal. And it turns out, again, Wilson had also written letters from the White House seeking financial assistance for Peck. And it tur- <laughs> Let me stop saying it turns out again. <laughs> it turns out. <laughs> and basically, um, the lady's home journal ended up sending her a check for $50 equivalent to $1,200 twelve hundred and twenty dollars today and wilson basically got her economically stable so wilson's trying to marry this younger lady while also trying to be reelected to help the u.s during world war one while trying to obtain an affair with mary peck Mm. so that basically rounds out the affair and the scandal oh oh here's another fun fact (laughs) here's another fun all right so it turns out when peck met Wilson in Bermuda when they met mm-hmm. and had their first encounterment with their platonic re- relationship. <laughs> Friends with benefits back in the day. <laughs> when she was trying to escape her cold Massachusetts world, she wasn't just escaping the cold and the chilliness from Massachusetts. She was also trying to escape her unhappy marriage <gasps> to Thomas. Peck. No. So she was really like looking out for people. She was looking out for a man because she did not. Yeah. enjoy her marriage Dang. so i think that's i think it's a good scandal i wouldn't say it's the best but i would i would say maybe um no there's some better ones i would say it's a good one to know about i'd say because he like didn't lie about it he like i mean it was quiet do not justify it. <laughs> i'm not justifying it this is terrible we do not support affairs but my ranking right now is jefferson clinton wilson yes i, I can i can but yeah. this one is about to blow your mind. Ooh. This one is messed up to Ooh. be messed up. Ooh. Enter Grover Cleveland, um, mm. the only president to have two non-consecutive terms. Hmm. And his that. affair with Maria... Oh, wait, not affair. His uh, sexual relations with Maria Haplin. So he... Ooh. That's actually a kind of cool name. I know, Maria Haplin. Yeah, that's kind of cool Anyway, name. so he had an Ill- illegitimate child with her, too. So... Ooh, they meet the big words out illegitimate. Illegitimate. Uh, they meet December 15th 1873 on Swan Street um, according to Haplin's account um, it would be classified currently as date rape 
So they went out to dinner. Apparently dinner went well. Um, but he sexually assaulted her by use of force and violent without my consent, she mm. reported. Um, and when she threatened to notify the authorities, Cleveland told me he was determined to ruin me if it cost him $10,000 if he was hanged by the neck for it. I then and there told him I did not want to see him again and commanded him to leave my room, which he did. Mm. So, yeah, uh, messed up. Six weeks later... She's pregnant. Ooh. Uh-huh. Not prego. Oh, yeah. But here's where it gets messed up, messed up. So, so September 14th, 1874, uh, he she gives birth to her son, Oscar Feldham Cleveland, after Cleveland's best friend, who, you want to get more into this man's psychoness? Cleveland would later marry Folson's daughter, despite a 27-year age gap, and she Ooh. became America's youngest first lady. Hmm. But anyway. So... Um, Oscar Fullen Cleveland is the child of Mary Maria Haplin. Um, and Cleveland arranged for the child to be forcibly removed from his mom's care and placed in the Buffalo Orphan Asylum. Um, so put the kid in an orphanage and threw Maria into a Pro- Providence Lunatic Asylum. Um, she was later released because they gave her a psycho evaluation and she was not insane and, uh, that her incarceration was a result of, quote, abuse of power and political elites. Um, so Grover Cleveland, despite all of this, Grover Cleveland won the election as the mayor of Buffalo on a clean government platform in 1881 as his nickname, Grover the Good. Mm. Yeah. Ironic. Um, but it didn't take long for the media to expose, hey, this kid's related, right? Um, so what he did from there, though, is what really messes it up. He, where did I put it? Sorry. Reading my notes. Um, he called her a, quote, whore and talked about how she had allegedly hooked up with multiple of his comrades who were all married Mm. and um that he was fine because he was a bachelor and that it's on her for being such a like easy person so to speak but it turns out she was actually a widow with two young children she goes to church all this uh she is a church-going woman held in high esteem by people who know her um, and on death on her deathbed, she reported, "Do not let the funeral be too public. I don't want strangers to come and gaze upon my face. Let everything be quiet. Let me finally rest." Ooh, I feel so bad. How Dang. awful! Like that is awful. And she was so much younger than him too. Like yeah. it was messed up. I think that's the worst. It's like it's not my favorite, but I'd say it's probably so, the worst. So. Because it it's like, be, that's so terrible to a person. Like, I think it may be Jefferson for the... Be, we're ranking yeah, I think it, it beats Jefferson. Yeah. Just because, like, how... Ugh. Literally. Anyway, you want to take the next one? Yes. Sexcapades. <laughs> Presidential sexcapades. That's our new name. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, next is Warren G. Harding. Okay, so to start off, the Harding affair was between the president and the wife of one of his best friends, James Phillips. 
No. So I'm I'm just so like I can like emphasize how like much of a trader like a trader that is like I'm gonna call her Miss Phillips. Miss Phillips. That's, that's yes. Miss Phillips. So it was between oh it was a affair between Harding and Miss Phillips and it began in 1905 when Harding was the governor of Ohio and it lasted about six years while he was in the U.S. Senate before he had his election in the White House in 1920. And it turns out the my favorite thing about this scandal is that like Harding had such a way with words. So like this man, like he could have been like a, a author in the an author oh. in the jazz age or something. He had <laughs> Except such... for the fact he was like white and the jazz movement was not, right? Well, the jazz age like a F. Scott Fitzgerald. He could be like he could have been like that because Alright, alright, maybe. He wrote as long as forty pages Jeez. from nineteen ten and onwards. Just like writing a, like love letters to her. Like I'll I'll read one of them. Sim. A mad or literally a <laughs> mad, tender, devoted, ardent, eager, passion wild, jealous, hungry love. Ooh. And then he writes Talk I to quote me like that. <laughs> okay. I quote I love you more than all the world Aww. and have no hope of reward on earth or hereafter. So precious as that in your dear arms, your thrilling lips, in your matchless breasts in your incomparable embrace he and he wrote to his paramour on christmas eve in 1910 literally that is i mean this is an affair this is terrible you are a bad person no because harding's affair he had it because it offered him a sexual outlet that he didn't have with his sickly wife florence what because she suffered she suffered from chronic kidney issues oh my god so basically there wasn't a lot of affection in his home relationship, so he found it with Phillips. His poor wife. And um, basically, Harding's mistress, Miss Phillips, also inspired him to compose verses such as these. Oh no! Actually, I I don't even know if I want to read it because give he, us a snippet. I love to suck your breath. Okay, away. we're done. Cut it off. <laughs> so yeah, there was so. some interesting. He, he he's a whole like basically like liter literacy like um person. So I want a guy to send me like uh, letters. <laughs> <laughs> not when it's not like, like that. Not like to, that. Not when not it's a leave, residential leave affair. You for a sickly wife. <laughs> so um after Harding's 1914 election to the Senate, the romance wasn't the only thing that was heated between the parents oh so there was also a growing debate about the american entrance into world war one obviously mm-hmm. and phillips had spent portions of these three years in berlin berlin so obviously the u.s became had a fervent like oh like they were anti-Germany. Yeah, of course. Because of the Holocaust, like yeah, I guess you. Well, the Holocaust hadn't happened yet, but you know they were anti-Germany yeah. because they were basically the cause of World War One. And Phillips began like a pro-German stance. So many even think Phillips was a, a German spy. Oh. So now Harding is having this love affair with a German spy as the U.S. president. Oh. So, it's just crazy. Like, it's just the whole thing is crazy to me. Yeah. And he claims that we shouldn't discriminate 
uh, against people because of like their nation nationalism. Yeah, and then, like, unless you're like going to war against them and they're spying right, on right. you, you're letting right. a spy in the and White Phillips, House. Phillips continued to advocate for the Germans even oh. after the U.S. entered war in 1917, Jeez, bro. and he urged that people in 1918, basically when the war was about to end he said please i beg you be prudent in talking to others so he's defending this supposedly like germ pro-german woman no. because he wants to leave his sickly wife is she, so he she's still get... alive oh my god <laughs> like yeah she's still she's still living You're a bad person like you are he's, a bad he's person so harding and that's basically the summary of harding scandal i yeah. think it's pretty bad because of the reason mm-hmm. that he did it as an outlet to leave his sickly wife because he didn't get anything, I guess, out so, of his sickly wife. rank it. Where are you putting it? Uh, I would put it probably under Jefferson. That's literally what I wrote down right here. Under Jefferson? Yep, under Jefferson above Bill. Yes. Okay. Kind of slayed. Because Bill, just... Bill is bad, but, like, I but mean... But, like, it, it was made much worse by the movie. Yeah, it, yeah exactly. I mean, those whole, all of these are bad. Me- yeah. All of these are bad. It's just the media. Media, yeah, yeah. media coverage. Anyway, so Liz... You want to pick between my two? So yes. I won't tell you who. So wait, you just did Warren Harding? Uh-huh. <laughs> I did Warren Harding. Oh, okay. Then which one? Well, I have some clips I would like to share from my <laughs> Warren Harding, too. Because oh, what do you have? I have the same thing as you. Uh, what wait, clips? Wait, wait, wait. Who was the person? You have it on Miss Phillips? Oh, uh, yeah. I have another lady, too. Oh, yeah, I, I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, I'll he take had her. Two. He had I'll two. take her. So his other lady, Nan Britton, um, she met him when she was in her 20s, and mm-hmm. he was in her 50s, Ooh. and she was passing by her house, and she tells him how she decorated her room with campaign posters. Mm. Says no. Anyway, so historians have said that during the campaign, Harding, Harding would take Britton into his office and sit her on his lap. This was before he took her virginity in a hotel room and later brought her to the White House for rendezvous. (laughs) Um, He used the term for one of his, her mistress, his mistress, as Miss Powderson. Powderson. Yeah. And so him, they regularly hooked up in the White House closet where he would father a child. Oh my gosh. To Miss Britton. Um, fun fact: um, he had a name for his genital. Um, Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> Jerry. Not the not the snail <laughs> from SpongeBob. Jerry. <laughs> oh well, I guess that's Gary. Um, Same thing. Yeah. But um, I have some letters. Smutty F notes. Um, poetic gems. I love your poise. Your garden grows. <laughs> Such a way of words. Jerry came and will not go. He says he loves you and that you're the only, only love worthwhile in this world. Mm. Phillips. Oh, yes. This is my notes on Phillips on the money he sent. Um, but she described losing her virginity. Um, I remember so well, I wore a pink linen dress, which was rather short and enhanced the little girl look. Ooh. Um, the New York police vice squad burst down the door after they concluded and, um, the cops began to arrest the couple, um, despite, uh, despite Harding saying, let this poor little girl go. 
Ew. It wasn't until they realized it was the Warren Harding that they apologized. Uh, Britton recalled, upon seeing the name, they became calm immediately. Not only calm, but strangely respectful, withdrawing very soon. We completed our dressing. Wow. All right, that's messed up. Ugh. Very. Last and final scandal, we have the man, again, the man himself, John F. Kennedy. We all know this boy had lots of affairs, but it will shock you at the quantity, simply. Mm. Um, He, quote, told the British Prime Minister, General Harold, if I don't have a lay for three days, I get a headache. Anyway, so obviously we got Marilyn Monroe. They met in February 1962. And oftentimes would hook up at Bing Crosby's house. Um, but it turns out, uh, and Marilyn really wanted to be first lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and she allegedly wrote Jackie to <gasps> tell her. Um, then, but no, it's even crazier. Bobby Kennedy had a much longer affair with, affair with Marilyn. So really? the siblings really passing her around. Mm. Um, next up, another one. Judith Campbell Exner, an ex of Chicago mob boss, Sam Gianca. Um, struck up an affair, and um, this one spanned for a few years, um, and she would send packages between the two, and yeah. Um, next, Dane Ayanka Inga Binga, or Ingid Arvid, was a long-term girlfriend um, while he was working in the Navy, and she was rumored to be a Soviet spy. Ooh. Yeah. Anita Ekberg, so we're just... Ugh. Who hasn't he hooked up with? Right. Um, the star of La Dolce Vita uh, and the global sexism was briefly connected with the president. He loves a good entertainment. Literally. That's all he's been hooking up with. Really? There's more, though. Ellen Roma Touch. She was a high-class call girl. Um, and she was one of his many prostitutes. I decided not to list anyone he paid just simply because there were so many. Um <laughs> Did you say king? I said dang. <laughs> I thought you said king, Not and king. I was like, Liz. Not king. Moreover, um, so yes, here. this little, um, she was a prostitute, and she was heavily rumored to be a communist spy and was expelled from the U.S. in August 1963 like by his brother, Robert Kennedy. Ooh, yeah, Kennedy's so. crazy. Yeah, I wasn't really getting into it. Um, another, another one was Jean Tierney. Um, they had an affair in 1948 when she was still married um, to a German Air Force sergeant st- mm. stationed in the U.S. Um, oh, this one's awful. Um, another one, again, another intern. What is with this abuse right. of power? Like, exactly. Ugh, it's men. very present. 19-year-old Mimi Alford. 19-year-old. Hey, Wyatt, if you're listening, <laughs> we can bleep that out. Um... <laughs> Lost her virginity to the president and engaged in an 18-month affair. So some of these have to cross over. So he's having multiple affairs at the same time. Dang. Ugh. Um, and that JFK would take recreational drugs with her. Um, and he's doing he, everything. He dared her to perform uh, oral on his special assistant, Dave Powers, the one that gets him all these prostitutes, mm. in the pool, and she obliged. <gasps> Um, Marlene Dietrich, a actress and singer. Oh, this one was funny. I, that's why I put this one. Uh, revealed that in her 1962 affair, she said, 
I don't remember most of what happened because it was all so quick. Oh, <laughs> what is going on? Um, she also had a long time affair with his dad. Um, yeah. There's got three more, and then we'll wrap this stuff up. Um, Mary Pinchot Meyer, CIA agent's ex-wife, um, shot and killed under mysterious circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. A year after the president's death, because people were afraid she was gonna expose it all and make him look bad. But like, mm. ugh. And then Priscilla Ware and Jill Cohen. Uh, these two were hired as secretaries by Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And their primary role was to skinny dip with the president in the enclosed pool. Um, they were brought on business trips to Berlin, Rome, and Costa Rica. Um, JFK's wife, Jackie, uh, once gave a tour of the White House to Paris Match Reporter, which is like a French like mm-hmm. magazine or whatnot. And um, coming across, Priscilla remarked in French, this is the girl who is supposedly sleeping with my husband. So she knew. Wow. And just... Ugh. Women, let's increase our standards, please. please. Just because he's president does not mean please. we need to let this man have the power. <laughs> anyway, so I think that'll be all for our episode. Liz, any parting remarks? Oh, we have to finish. We have to say our final ranks. Our Ooh. final rank. All right. Grover Cleveland, mm-hmm. number one. He's crazy. He's Liberty. actually horrible. Thomas Jefferson, number two. TJ. TJ. Yes. Number two. All right. Where do we feel uh, JFK fits in? Below JFK or above Harding? Just because of the quantity, do we put him above Harding or do we put him below? Above. Above? Above so, Harding. Y'all can hear me writing. <laughs> yeah, uh, JFK, Harding, Bill Clinton and Monica. Yeah. And then Wilson. Yep. That sounds Dang. Right. All right. These presidents must be stopped. Messed up. We Mary. didn't even get to a certain T-R-U-M-P. Oh. oh we'll save that for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank and you. We appreciate your support. Um, your much time. love. Uh, <laughs> let's not have too many. There's still so many more we can report on. but There is. And that's the sad part. Yeah, literally. All right. That's it. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. We would also like to thank DailyBeast.com, HistoryHit.com, Wikipedia, uh, Politico.com, Washington Post, and History.com for their information on these scandals. Thanks so much and have a great night. Tales from the Social Studies Department is a podcast of the Marist Podcasting Experiment and executive produced by Dr. Nick Hoffman. All views expressed herein are the views of the podcaster and not of Marist School, Dr. Hoffman, or the Social Studies Department at Marist School. Thank you.